Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, the case of the Tahitian takeout. Ryan brings the case. He and his best friend Evan visited a Polynesian restaurant where Ryan spotted an apparently abandoned bag of takeout. After consuming a few stiff tropical drinks, Ryan claimed the takeout, which he later ate. Ryan alleges that the food would have been thrown away. Evan suggests that there was no way of knowing that it was truly abandoned and that Ryan's actions may have been tantamount to stealing. Who's right and who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Thank you, Bailiff Jesse. Uh, would you please uh, swear in the complainant and defendant? I would. Uh, Ryan, Evan, please rise and raise your right hand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? Uh, yes. I only heard one yes. Did you hear two yeses? I heard two yeses. We both said yes at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be one of those, Jesse. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite his total lack of qualification, in any field other than marine hatcheries? Comfortably so, yes. Yes. Judge Hodgman? You may be seated. Actually, Bailiff Jesse, I will say that this is one area where I do have qualification, and that is the area of the scorpion bowl. I'm always qualified if I am within 15 feet of a scorpion bowl. <laughs> is that how it works? Yes, exactly. And, and I have had one before. And I may even have been to this very restaurant but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Who is the complainant? Ryan. What's the problem between you and Evan? Uh, Evan and I went to this, uh, this dive Chinese restaurant that we enjoy. This is in Deadham, Massachusetts? We pronounce it Dedham, but yes, Deadham. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we enjoyed a nice meal. We had a scorpion bowl or two. As we sat down, I noticed uh, one of those classic takeout bags, the staple brown bag on top of the uh, lottery ticket scratch-off dispenser machine. Let me, let me just stop you there for one second. When you said that you had a nice meal, do you mean you had a nice meal or a nice meal? When we go to this place, we know what we're getting into. And what are you getting into? We're getting into some some junk food that we occasionally enjoy. I don't think any of us are strangers to enjoying some, some junk meals now and then. Do you mean junk food like fast food or junk food like bad food? Uh, I, I would say, no, I would say this is bad Evan, 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 I will have order. <laughs> okay. Don't make me beat anybody up. I'm itching for a fight. Easy, easy. <laughs> easy, easy. You don't, you don't want to make Bailiff Jesse angry. You wouldn't like him when he's angry. He starts uh, double Windsor nodding his ties. Listen, <laughs> what is the name of this place in, in Deadham, Massachusetts? Tahiti. And this is a Polynesian restaurant? So they say. And you and Evan go there. We do. To enjoy food that you do not consider to be the best food in the world. But there are other reasons that you go there. Absolutely. So now you're leaving, and there is a, a bag of food on top of a lottery ticket dispenser. Is that correct? Correct. Does that bring us up to date? Yes. All right. Now tell the rest of the story. Because I saw that bag way early on in our dinner, I said, that bag was discarded. It's going to get thrown out. I'm going to uh, swallow my pride here. I'm just going to take this with me. I've had two scorpion bowls. Why not? And explain to me what a scorpion bowl is and to the listeners who may not know. A scorpion bowl is a delicious uh, mixed drink involving rum, vodka, I believe one other alcoholic beverage, and pineapple juice. It's the kind of drink that makes you forget exactly what alcoholic beverages are in it. 
Now, Evan, it is your turn to talk. You saw this happen, and uh, how did you feel about it? Well, I, I was surprised. I saw. Well, first of all, I, I had not noticed uh, the the takeout bag there prior to Ryan's action of lifting it. So I really can't uh, vouch for the truth of his statement that it had, in fact, been there the amount of time that he says it has been there. Uh, but I was surprised at Ryan's action uh, because it, it seemed to me to be a kind of uh, it was at, at least an ethical gray area. It surprised me to see my friend do this. He's a guy who he's only going to have one scorpion bowl. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's not going to ha- himself have two scorpion bowls. He's not a monster. Not, not himself, no. No, he's a man of moderation. Yes. I see. Describe for me the moment that you first realized that your friend had taken a bag of old food from on top of a lottery ticket machine. Yeah, I mean, I was with him. We were walking out the door and I was standing beside him and I saw him pick up the bag and uh, carry it with him as we went up to the car. And uh, I, didn't, I did not speak up at the, at, at the time. Uh, no. Because I was, I was in a state of, of not shock, but surprise over what was happening. Right. And I wanted to see whether it was going to pan out the way it seemed like it was going to. And it, And then the two of you fellows walked out to the parking lot and got in your car and drove home. Uh, yes. Who was driving? Uh, I believe, uh, uh, I believe you don't, uh, Walsh was driving. You don't remember. You don't remember. Uh, no, was I driving? You don't remember. I, I don't remember, I don't remember who was driving. This is a while ago now, though. Right. Are you saying that you do not, you do not know for sure that the food was abandoned? Well, uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the way I essentially see the matter is that, uh, you know, it's, it's primarily an issue of property ownership. And, mm-hmm. and, and as I see it, the food was it, was, it was either someone else's property or at least its, its ownership was, was under question enough that Ryan really didn't have sufficient grounds to make the decision that he made in all good faith. Right. And what do you do for a living? Are you a food lawyer? I am not a food lawyer, no. I, I, I am a research assistant. So if there was a big grease stain, if it were ice cold, if there were a, a post-it note on it saying, abandoned food, please take. Yeah, if there were a post-it note on it. I think, I think if it had just been sitting there, I think whether or not it had been abandoned without, without knowing that it had been you know, given up, relinquished. But I think we see a, a takeout bag in the area where people pick up takeout bags of food inside a restaurant. It, it's a lot cloudier. Right. So short of abandonment, what, what scenario could you have seen someone leaving this there? They put it down there and they left uh, to go outside and um, smoke a menthol cigarette and hate their lives? That's, that's quite a possibility. They put it there so that they could briefly go out to the parking lot to vomit in some weeds? I think there's generally a lot of self-hatred going on at Tahiti in general. Now, Ryan, you actually sent some photographic evidence. Yes. So let's take a look here. I see two photographs, Exhibit A and Exhibit B. Exhibit A is a picture of uh, the lounge at this restaurant called Tahiti, which is a sort of Pan-Asian, old-school, Polynesian restaurant by the side of a road in Dedham, Massachusetts. And Exhibit B is a picture of the so-called Scorpion Bowl featuring the traditional large, round, orange bowl full of round, orange alcohol with a little bit of fire in the middle and a little volcano. Is that, is that more or less what we see here? 
Oh, I would like to add that the uh, the wide shot of the lounge is meant to give you a sense that this is a bit of a uh, Wild West feel to it. It's almost like the cantina bar in Star Wars. Uh, the, the rules are out the window at this place. I've seen uh, all matter of debauchery happen in this lounge. Really, to say that any laws apply uh, here, I think, would be a mistake. Evan, do you confirm that he, that Ryan has seen fist fights in this bar? Uh, no, I cannot confirm that, and I find it doubtful. What I see here is a bar, um, but I, I don't see fist fights happening in this bar. I don't see the Wild West that you're saying there. i just like to say I took these photos on an off night to uh, uh-huh. to get some evidence in for the case. I wish I had taken them. Of you being hit in the face by a guy? Me too. Believe me. I also wish that. That would be ideal. We all know. That's it. You know, because that's podcast ratings gold right there. Is that you asking me to punch him in the face? Because I will. Easy, 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 easy. Whoa, easy there, Bowtie. Come on. Now listen, Ryan. Yes. Um, the picture of the Scorpion Bowl. This was Scorpion Bowl one or two. Do you remember? Uh, to be honest, this is a entirely other night. It's not a photo from the night Whoa. in question. How often are you going to this place, Ryan? I'd say uh, four or five times a year. For the holidays, then? <laughs> yeah. And Ryan, let me ask you a question. Uh, how often do you eat food that you find laying around? <laughs> um, it, uh, rarely. It's, it's in preparation of the apocalypse. Well, I can't, I can't argue with the wisdom of that. <laughs> we must learn to scavenge, that's for sure. Evan, would you agree? Would you? Would, do you ever eat food that you find laying around? Uh, I don't. I'm a little germ phobic. Are you wearing rubber gloves as we speak? Uh, no, I am not. I actually took the liberty of looking up Tahiti. I, as you, as you may or may not know, I'm from Brookline, Massachusetts, and uh, and I know the area a little bit, but I had never been to Tahiti, so I took the opportunity to look it up on Google Maps. And let me say. Um, that this is a very depressing looking place. <laughs> if you look at it, from, <laughs> this is to uh, I, I'll 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 post we'll post my own evidence uh, to the uh, to the discussion boards as soon as we finish recording this. But this looks like this looks it's it's in a it's in an empty it's a squat tan building with zero windows in an empty parking lot next to a Petco in Dedham, Massachusetts. And it looks it looks like an like a an Asian I don't know how I would describe this. It it, it it looks like an Asian food delivery bunker in a planned economy, like in the Soviet Union <laughs> in in the in the early seventies or something. Um like you would go and get your noodles out of a hole in the wall and then and then go home. Uh and it probably, you know, probably the the the, the scratch off lottery ticket machine just judging from the outside that's probably the fanciest thing about this place um so i agree with you that it is depressing but i am not sure that i can necessarily agree with you that that means any any food that is not nailed down belongs to you uh if i were to find in your favor ryan what would you want from evan i would want evan to uh agree that i was in some kind of right and that this is not an indicator of a larger character problem on my part. <laughs> not, not even you. Not even you are willing to say that you are in all kinds of rights. You are I, in some I, kind I, of right. <laughs> yes. No, you are I, in a I, you are I, in a scorpion bull impaired version of rightness. Uh-huh. I yeah, carry okay. around some kind of shame that I ate someone else's 
that's someone else's food. I, I come in at that's, you know, level one for me. I, I will accept that. Right. Beyond that, I'm right. looking for some help, uh, Judge John Hawk. I see. And Evan, what would, you, what would you like the outcome to be? If I find in your favor, how would you like Ryan to be punished? I mean, what do you see as the, re- the, the resolution of this? Uh, well, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I just, again, like, I, I think similarly, I would just want from him an admission that, that, you know, this, that he was wrong, he should not have, have done this thing, and that he feels some sort of legitimate, you know, regret about having done it. I mean, I'm, I'm not looking for any repercussions beyond, beyond that. Nor do I think that he has to admit that this is a sign of a large character defect. Right. You want him to, to live up to a certain code of honor that you expect from your friend. Yes. The code of honor, which says, please make sure that the old Polynesian food does not belong to someone else before you take it off of the scratch ticket machine. Yes. All right, I think I'm prepared to make my ruling. Um, I'm going to go into my chambers and think this over. Um, Goodbye. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman retires to his chambers. Ryan, do you think that alcohol is an excuse for bad behavior? My my case is not uh, based upon uh, alcohol consumption. Hmm. What do you think are the consequences, Evan, of someone making a decision like this? It's a slippery slope. Once we start deciding that we can sort of decide on our own what belongs to who. Ryan, why not just ask? The, there was no one to ask. Uh, <laughs> if I had asked the employees of Tahiti, they would have said no. They would have said no. Immediately trashed. No, they would have. They, for, for legal reasons, I believe they would have thrown it in the trash immediately. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman returns from Chambers. So I thought it over, and uh, I've done some research. And the basic ruling is this. Evan is absolutely correct. Ryan, you should not have taken that food. Did you eat the food, by the way? I believe I ate some of it. You have zero memory of any of this, (laughs) which I find troubling. Um, uh, You ate the food, and, and I presume that it is now impossible to give it back. Oh, yes. So... Evan is absolutely correct. You should not have taken the food, and uh, you should not have eaten the food. But he's not correct precisely for the reason that he suggests. The real reason is uh, that the food was garbage. <laughs> now, I, as you know, I used to live in the Boston area, and like most people who live in Boston, I, too, uh, enjoyed getting drunk at weird restaurants. For me, it was uh, Waylou's Pagoda on Route 1 in Saugus, mm-hmm. Um, but that apparently no longer exists and is now abandoned and is a giant haunted pagoda in Waylou's, uh, in, in Route 1 in Saugus. And I, I'm very interested in going back there soon. But that's a little bit of a aside. But the fact is I also enjoy going to, to bad or semi-bad restaurants and imagining that uh, imaginary fistfights might happen there and finding it hilarious that other humans actually went there. And uh, I might have found it hilarious to steal their food as well. Uh, but as I grew older, I put aside uh, such childish things, and I put down the scorpion bowl, and I thought differently to myself. Um, the reality is that what you were eating, in the best case scenario, was abandoned by another human being, and it is therefore uh, garbage. When I was in Boston, I worked in a restaurant, and I was washing dishes, and I found it hilarious uh, to eat food that was left on the plates by the customers that, was, that were brought to me. And I got horribly, horribly sick 
on several <laughs> occasions. And finally, I realized uh, that it is not good to take food from other people that might belong to someone else, nor is it good uh, to eat food that is legitimately and unquestionably abandoned by other people, uh, because then that food is garbage. So I would say you appealed, by the way, Ryan, to one of the most important uh, uh, areas of my uh, concern these days, you appealed to my concern about apocalypse, uh, that you are preparing yourself for apocalypse by eating food left on uh, lottery ticket machines. And that has a strong appeal to me. You are right to be thinking that way. Well, However, it is not apocalypse yet. And unless you are starving, I encourage you to not eat garbage, no matter how many scorpion bowls you've had. Don't eat the garbage served at a bad restaurant. Don't eat the garbage served at a good restaurant. Don't eat the garbage served uh, at a medium restaurant that you actually genuinely enjoy for nostalgic reasons, etc. It's time for you to stop enjoying things that are bad. And it is now time for you to start enjoying things that are actually good. So... Here is my sentence to you, and it is a sentence to both of you, because you both seem like nice guys, and you deserve to enjoy your, each other's company with good things, and not necessarily just with sort of like medium things. I'm about to get sued by the Tahiti restaurant, I realize. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's fine. It's delicious. It looks like a nice enough place. It looks terrible on the outside. I'm sure inside it creates a warm, happy environment where you guys can enjoy a scorpion bowl together. And, you know, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. If you really enjoy it, that's fine. Just stop stealing food from them and others. But in the meantime, I'm going to offer you uh, a recipe uh, for the original scorpion bowl as formulated uh, by Trader Vic. Uh, in the 1940s and provided to me and now to you by uh, cocktail historian and author David Wondrich, um, who is a friend of mine and emailed me very quickly with uh, alarming speed the <laughs> recipe for the scorpion bowl uh, when I asked him for it five minutes before recording this podcast. So this comes to you. Do you have a pen and paper? Uh, I do. What about you listeners at home? So this is a scorpion bowl. According to Wondrich, it comes uh, from Trader Vic's from the 1940s and uh, went through several revisions or dumbing downs, as he says, over the years. And uh, it used to come in this ceramic thing with topless Tahitian girls for feet and a gardenia floating in it. It serves for you, your best friend, you two guys, and your dates, uh, which I recommend you get. And, uh, and you can enjoy this, uh, all four of you together, and I think you'll find it delicious. So you are going to take... Um, uh, uh, this is a party version, by the way. This will serve 20, so divide this by five. Thanks, David Wondrich, for making it easier for me. So to serve 20 scorpion bowls, take 36 ounces white Cuban-style rum. David recommends Mount K. Two ounces of gin, Tanqueray. Two ounces of cognac, Ferrand Ambre. 12 ounces dry white wine, whatever. 16 ounces fresh-squeezed strained lemon juice, 8 ounces fresh-squeezed strained orange juice, 8 ounces Orgiat syrup, that's an almond syrup, or more or less to taste, and 2 sprigs of mint. Fill a punch bowl with all this stuff, and uh, also cracked or crushed ice, and let it stand in the refrigerator for an hour or two. Add a big block of ice, poke a gardenia or two in, and uh, then you can start serving it from the punch bowl. Or if you buy uh, 5 scorpion bowls, maybe from Tahiti, or... 
Ryan, you might just want to steal them from there. Uh, you can uh, you can you have yourselves a scorpion bowl party at your home, uh, which will be uh, a delight and a new thing in your in your friendship and a new chance to enjoy something made properly and well, as opposed to something that has been left on a vending machine. I think you guys will enjoy that very much, and I think I've made the right decision. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge Sean Hodgman rules. That's all. Please rise as Judge Sean Hodgman exits the courtroom. Evan Ryan, did you expect this to become a referendum on your lifestyles? I didn't, but I'm uh, pleasantly satisfied with the results. I've been appropriately publicly shamed and I'm ready to change. Evan, how about you? I, I can't imagine that you expected a little bit of the fire hose to be turned on you as, as someone who was essentially blameless in the situation, apparently. Well, you know, I mean, I think, I think it's fine. I, I heard my uh, good friend Ryan publicly uh, decried as a garbage eater, so uh, I'm happy. Gentlemen, thank you very much for being on Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is produced by Julia Smith and myself, Jesse Thorne, for MaximumFun.org. This week, I edited the show. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. MaximumFun.org is supported by your donations. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join, and you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you, it's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2020-24. Oh, if hindsight were 2020... I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do 
in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. We'll see you next time on Judge John Hodgman.